welcome back to our 31st episode of the Launcher Farm Show, where I interview James from James in the City and Johnson and Daniel in Toronto. In this episode, James and I talk about why you shouldn't worry about the competition when you build a brand that stands on its own. James shares how to build a following of raving fans online who are excited to see your content and find out what you're up to and what you're doing next. We also talk about what you can do to build a relationship-based business that focuses on a strong brand that aligns with your interests and lifestyle. James also shares a super easy way to lay out your social media strategies well in advance, allowing you to systematize it for a much more consistent content strategy. And we talk about how you can promote local businesses to support them and provide a ton of value for your audience. Plus, we talk about a ton of other ideas that you can use to grow your farm. So be sure to check out the episode, like and subscribe, and enjoy the episode with James. Welcome back to another episode of the Launcher Farm Show. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and today we've got a great guest. It's James from James in the City. So James, take a second, tell us a bit about yourself and why you're here. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Um, yeah, my name is James in the City. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I'm a real estate agent, and uh, I was going to say something else, but I'm not. I'm just a real estate agent here. <laughs> Here in Toronto, um, I work with Royal LePage, Johnson & Daniel. It's the luxury division of Royal LePage. And I built James in the City kind of as an alter ego to who I am, but kind of a lifestyle brand at the same time. And there's such a, a great projection of what uh, the brand will continue to be in the future. That's awesome. So how long have you been in the business and what did it look like when you got started? I'm going on eight years. And uh, I was like 22 when I started. Like I, like I just turned 22. And I had no idea what I was doing. I was just a <laughs> young kid in this world of real estate. And I actually didn't even start in Toronto. I started in Richmond Hill, which is where I'm from. Okay. And, you know, I worked for the largest Royal LePage franchise in Canada. And I knew the old broker of record, or the, I still was the current broker of record, but I knew the broker of record from, you know, living in Richmond Hill, being a child that grew up watching her as an agent and then building a brand. And I'm like, I had to work there. And I was in the Richmond Hill office, which was good for the first couple of years, but my brand took me downtown. And you currently live downtown now then? Yeah. yeah awesome. Yeah, I'm a city guy through and through. So let's jump into your brand because that's kind of the crux of what I want to talk about and, and kind of dive into who you are and what you've done. So when did you start with this brand and, and how did you decide to make that part of your business? Yeah. So I, um, I started the brand and it kind of came out of nowhere. Right. So I was one of those agents, probably one of the first ones in Toronto, really using social media effectively yep. years ago. Right. I had, I really didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have listings. So I thought the best way to market myself is to show people virtual real estate. Yep. Right. You think about it in 2020, what happened with COVID. <laughs> yeah. You were prepped. Yeah. And I'm like, That's <laughs> yeah. So I would book condo tours and I would just get on my on my phone and I would record myself. And back then, I think I still was using BlackBerry, believe it or not. Yeah. And we all know how good those cameras were, right? And I literally would just walk around and be like, hey, guys, it's James. I'm in the city again. And naturally, James in the city came out of that, those, out of those videos. And I would show what people wanted to see, right? Because back then, you can get a condo for $350,000, $400,000. And I was walking people through virtually, showing them. And that's why I built my buyer base. Yeah, because a lot of people, if you don't know, if they're not from the area, Toronto is a, a very, uh, we have a lot of in, immigration coming in, a lot of people moving to Toronto. So it's not people, there's, it, Toronto just keeps growing. So it's probably a lot of people from out of the area looking to get into it. So that really connected with people, I'm sure, and resonated with them to, to find out what's happening in the city. Yeah, you know, I have to say, I love that you don't pronounce the second T in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's the right way to do it. <laughs> right. I can always tell when someone's not from the city. They're like, Toronto. I'm like, where? Where's the so the, you, as you develop this brand, you, you really started creating a follower following. How did it look like for you to really develop that? Like, wh- where did you get the ideas from? Like, wh- how did you work that brand? Then? You know, I looked at who my competition was. Okay. And I said to myself, I really don't have competition in the real estate space. Right. Just the same way when you were actively selling in your market. I don't know if you're, are you still selling? Uh, sort of. I, I sell my license and I do stuff, okay. but I'm not actively going after new stuff. Okay, fair enough. So I guess like when you were looking at your your business and you created your, your SWOT analysis, right? And you identified who your competition was. Yep. You probably didn't have any competition because everyone is so different from each other. Yep. I looked at it as the same way, right? And when I was working in Richmond Hill, I didn't really sell a lot in Richmond Hill. My business took me downtown very quickly, but I stayed in the Richmond Hill office for years before I transitioned to the downtown branch. Um, I looked at the big names, right? And I'm going to throw Daryl King here because he was the number one agent for so many years before he left and did his own thing. And um, I looked at what what they were doing, like like the big teams, the chairman's value teams. And it was just listed, just sold, open house coming soon, just listed. And I was getting so bored of these realtors bragging about their listings all the time. (laughs) How can I take the space that is in between where no one is really marketing, which is education. And that's how I started building. I started teaching people how to buy and sell real estate through my social media and that build my following it build my brand it built trust it built loyalty it built respect to the point now where and it's always tied to toronto somehow but it, to the point where mega volume agents are calling me not for their clients but hey james i'm going to be in the city saturday night where should i go for dinner <laughs> yeah. okay they should be knowing that yeah well, but i'll tell you and it's it's great you mentioned that it's you're not looking at the competition as other agents. I was at a, a gala event and there was a speak the CEO of Mercedes was there and he was speaking and he was saying that for them their competition isn't other car companies. It's he said it's video games. It's uh, uh, things that are distracting children growing up who will be buying cars now and having their interest diverted into other things. So he said it's not other car companies like they have their own class their own caliber their own clientele he's like it's how do we get people to become consumers of us not compete against other people and same with real estate it's if you're farming an area if you're becoming the expert in in the demographics or the area that you're focusing on there really isn't as much competition if you do it right and build the brand like you've done because then people are going to like you and they're going to want to work with you regardless yeah and we kind of talked on that on our call a couple weeks ago where i when i said to you i don't know if i'm right for a guest for your show, because yep. right? I'm not a traditional farmer, yep. right? You think about some of the teams, I want to use Mississauga, for example, some of the big names that I think of in real estate farm, big neighbors in Mississauga, right? They do the traditional flyer drop, the pumpkin drive, the, you know, the Popeyes to the porch, the bus benches, the hockey, I don't do any of that, yep. right? I, I'm a solo agent. One, I don't have the attention span <laughs> yeah. to, to put any kind of plan like that into action. Yeah. I also don't just work a community. I work yep. a lifestyle right and the city is a lifestyle that's how i built it so you know you're getting insights of my my favorite coffee shops where i go to eat what i do in an afternoon like yesterday i showed a couple condos in yorkville i mean they were like small one bedrooms at the old four seasons um but then i did a little tiktok of what am i doing afterwards right i went to hazelton i dropped off a little gift to a friend who lives there you know i went over to take some coffee from nespresso grabbed my own espresso from zaza did some shoe shopping and it lets people into a world that is outside of real estate, but it's still real estate. Because now I'm in front of people who might be looking to buy or sell in Yorkville or yeah. buy or sell in King West or buy and sell in Queen East. 
Exactly. And they're not buying just, like you said, it's not just a building, it's the lifestyle they're buying. And if for, for certain people, that's super important because that's what they want. And it's, they'll pay more money for the right lifestyle versus just the right building or for the right location. It's, it's all of that thing. And you have to take all that in consideration. And, and that's what you do with your brand. You're, you're not just saying, here's the house, here's the property, here's the price, buy it. So you're, you're building lifestyle and showing it off. Exactly. And again, like it goes down to relationships versus transactions. Yeah. And I look at my business as a book of relationships versus a book of business, yeah. right? You always hear these old school realtors say, you know, I have, I've got a book of business that's 5,000 names. And I'm like, I got a book of relations that's 15,000, right? It's the relationships that are what matter because they're the ones that are going to help propel you moving forward. And people look at social media as a very quick way to promote themselves. And they're like, I'm going to post my just listed today and I'm going to get a listing tomorrow. By all means, try it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? It takes time. Social media is a very slow growth for brand awareness, but it's the, the easiest way to pay off with the quick or the, with the highest results, just yeah. not the amount of time. Yep. And that's the core of farming as well. It's that putting those foundations, you're planting those seeds, and you're really taking that time to grow and, and build the relationships. And what I teach with farming is it's about the community, it's about the relationships. And if you do it correctly, the, the real estate is secondary to that because people know you, they like you, they trust you. They know that you care about the community. They know that they care about the causes. They know that you're involved in, in what's going on, not just on that transaction basis. And for a lot of agents, they, like you said, they just focus on that just list that just sold and they just focus on the transaction. And that really, to me, doesn't build trust with people. Or if it does, you got to spend a lot of money to get that message out there that you're the go-to person and you can do it a lot cheaper and a lot more effectively. Like you said, with social media, to build that brand. And I think what it comes down to too, and this is not to harp on other realtors, but it comes down to ego, right? Yep. I think that realtors are probably the, some of the biggest narcissists out there, right? <laughs> They're, you know, I was number 181 in, in the World of Page Chairman's Club last year, and I have to maintain, you know, 181 or more. Yeah. And they will go, you know, if, if they're, I'm just going to use uh, Hamilton, for example, right? If they work predominantly in Hamilton and not surrounding region, but they've got a couple of random leads in Toronto, they're going to rush out to the city to show these condos or, or, or take these listings just to keep their status up. Yeah. But they're not servicing their clients. They're not building that relationship. And then at the 11th hour, when the deal goes south or the deal can't close because something wasn't disclosed or they didn't know about a certain bylaw or whatever the case is, who are they going to call? A city realtor. Yeah. This is more like I would never go to Muskoka and sell you know, cottages with well and septic. Waterfront. I don't know shoreline. I don't know if you have what boat access is. I there should be a boat there, right? <laughs> Exactly. And that, that, exactly. That's important to know, not just the, the transaction side of it. It's the, everything that comes with it. And I, I started in uh court, the lakes. So I started in waterfront homes and we used to call them city. It's uh, agents would come up there and not know anything about that. They don't know anything about the conservation authorities in, in our area. There's three different conservation authorities. Some of them overlapped. There was well and septic. We had people that had no clue, but like you said, they were tr chasing the, the commission. And if people want to do that, by all means, you just have to be aware what you're up against and you have to be ready that you could get sued and there could be some issues because if you don't know what's happening and we personally had that, we had a client uh, seller, we sold their con or cottage and then a, a Toronto agent came up with their clients and they had a party and they had like 40 people at their party and their septic system backed up. And they said, well, we didn't know that we couldn't have that many people. So then they said, they said it was a problem with the septic system. We said, no, you shouldn't have 40 people using a septic system. And yeah. they didn't know because it's just, that's, they don't know. So when you know your area, when you become that specialist and you know 
what you're selling. It's not just the product, like you said. It's it's all of the things that come with that. It's it's not just the four walls of that building. Yeah, and I think the easiest way to break it down is you talked about Mercedes, right? You're not going to get somebody who works at Volkswagen to post on the Mercedes, like unless they've been trained and they know the product, yeah. right? Because they're just going to sell you on the fact that it's a car and it's about this, this, and this. But what else does it have? What else is there? What are the features? What does your insurance look like? Yeah. I got a different price category. What's your insurance look like? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So for you, obviously getting your preferred vendors and the people that you care about involved is really important. I had uh, Matt Santagapita on at the very beginning of my show and he talked about um, basically agents have now stepped away from being that connector and we need to really move back into that role. And he, he talked about being the yellow pages for our, for our consumers, that when we can be that person who's a connector, that will elevate our business. And you've obviously done that with your business and you really help showcase the lifestyle and those businesses. What does it look like for you? And how, when did you start putting that into your, into your business? Or was that just something you naturally did from the beginning? So I kind of always did it. And I kind of looked at the way that um, the communities my clients were buying into, yep. right? Because you can say, I live on King East, but what part of King East? Because King East is a couple of kilometers long. Yeah. You live at King and George, you live at King and Parliament. They're two different parts of King East, yeah. right? So I'm not going to promote a business to a client that lives on one side versus the other in a certain neighborhood if that's what they're looking for, right? Because you can have, you know, coffee shops and bodegas and whatever else kind of all over the strip, but there are certain buildings that have certain little hotspots and that's what you want to promote to those clients. Yeah. So I've always kind of done it, but with 2020... And the, the shit show that coronavirus was, shop local was so important. And it yeah. took me a, a little while to realize that, yeah, you know, I can still shop local in Toronto because people think, you know, it's the city. You have Nordstrom's and Saks and Hudson's Bay and whole Renfrew and these big coffee shops and everybody drinks Starbucks. Yeah. Take it back a bit, right? Because, yeah, you know, we have Saks and Nordstrom's and Hudson's Bay, but you forget about how many local Toronto designers are featured in those stores. Yeah. One of my good friends, Christopher Bates, I, if you guys have seen some of my shirts with the, the kiss on the lips, oh, yep. and he's at Nordstrom's. So it's nice. supporting those people who might be in those department stores, but on the backside as well. Even the ones that aren't in department stores, even those that might just be renting a space in an actual store, yeah. right? And they've taken their business online because they've had to, and I hate this word, but adjust or pivot. And <laughs> um, it's been overused way too much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's taking their stuff and promoting on social media. And I talked about this at a conference a couple of weeks ago about the power of influencer marketing, yeah. right? And you can attest to this as someone who has dominated a farm and worked with farm, understands the farming language. When people think influencers, they think Paris Hilton with millions of followers, right? Or you get Alexander Kenton, who is from the city, who's got like, you know, a couple hundred thousand followers. They think that scale. Yeah. Realtors, we are all influencers. And that's what people understand because you're, you're promoting local shops, in your community, local business in your community, and you're tying people together. You are that connector. Yeah. And you're right. And, and, and Matt and Pakita said it, like we forgot about that because yeah. we were so focused on our ego and being number one and dominating our marketplace. And you know, the, the phrase I want to use about a blank measuring contest. And <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's what it came down to. Yeah. And I'm so glad that that there was a bit of a reset last year. Yeah. for people to either step up or shape up. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm a firm believer and that's what I preach is that becoming that community ambassador is the best way to grow your business. And it's the most healthy way to grow your business. And 
a lot of people are worried about big tech companies and people taking over their business. And I said, they cannot replace those relationships you have with the community. So if you are connected with those local businesses, if you're connected with the movers and shakers, if you're connected with the people who are involved and volunteering and getting involved, those relationships can never be replaced by some big team coming in and, and taking over. And if you do it correctly, you can take out any big team or any big company or any big tech company that comes in there because you have those relationships. Now you may lose some business, but you're also going to gain it. And if you do it correctly, you're going to gain more market share in a, in a healthy way and in a, a, a long-term game versus just a quick, I'm going to try to get as much business as I can. And those relationships will last if you do it right. Yeah. So for you, when you started doing your influencing and you started using social media, obviously it's taken time and you've got a, a, a great following and, and you've got a, a, not just a, a large following, you've got a loyal following and that's really important. So what is it that you do to keep people engaged and how do you get people to buy into James? Like how, how, how do you get that? Absolutely. And, and this is something that I, I've preached for years and people don't do this, right? <laughs> they don't engage. They don't engage. It's the same thing like you have a lead, right? Somebody messages you on your realtor.ca listing and I'm going to put in my CRM and whatever and six months they're going to call me. If my followers are not getting communication back from me, what's the point of them sitting there? Yeah. Right? Yeah, there's going to be, there's probably a ton, half my following is probably realtors. Let's be real. Right? They just want to spam. <laughs> yeah. Then you get the, the random bots from Russia who just want to come in and spam you with, you know, explicit posts. But then you get the ones that are actually true James in the city stands. And I make sure I comment back with them. Like I'm always the last person to finish a conversation on mm -hmm. social right? If you've commented on my post and I reply back and you comment again, I'll keep replying until you're done. <laughs> I want that last word. I, yeah. I'm a snob. I'm a Greek. I'm obnoxious and I'm an Aquarius. I want that last word. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's also going through their, their actual posts too. Like one of my good clients, we actually used to work together in retail many, many, many years ago. And I sold her her first condo October of 2019. And, you know, we've always been friends. We've always had a really good relationship, but I make sure because she, to me, is an A plus client, yeah. right? Because she's in a really good price point. She's in a really good age bracket and she works at a very good company. There's yeah. going to be a lot of people in her position who want to buy shoes or buy shoes. See? Already in slip. You just arrived today. Okay. <laughs> I'll have a problem. Yeah. Um, no, one want to buy condos. Sorry. Like, yeah. geez. <laughs> um, but I, I make sure I go out of my way to comment on some of her stories, right? And it's it's almost like the the, um, the word hype man, right? You hype them up. Yep. We get excited. Oh, James commented on my shit, right? Like, yeah, I'm interacting with James. Or the best part is when I take them for dinner, right? Their Snapchat is all they want to do is Snapchat filters with me all night long because they yeah. want people to see that they're with me. Yeah. It's it's cute in a way. I mean, it kind of sometimes it comes a little like obnoxious too, where they're just like, can you take another photo with you? And I'm like, please. Right. But it, it, it's really cool. And they want, they want to have that experience. Yeah. Right. And I hate the word celebrity, but the brands become kind of like a mini celebrity in Toronto with my client base and other realtors. Yep. It, it's really blossomed into something, but I give back. Yeah. Right. Then they're like, I guess Lady Gaga would do a meet and greet. Right. Not that I, I'm putting myself up to the <laughs> Queen's level, but um, you know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say, yep. right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of agents use social media, and I talk about this all the time, is they use it to talk at people, and they use it to push a message out there. And it's the same with a lot of real estate marketing. It's push marketing, and they try to get their brand out there, and they get it to people, and they push it at people. And social media is 
in its name, it's social and it's supposed to be talk with people and it's supposed to be engaged with people. And it's not meant to be just pushing your message out there. And a lot of agents jump on thinking, wow, I can get followers and then just push my message out there. And it's, you really shouldn't be doing that. that that's, that can be part of it, but it's like you said, it's that engagement factor that creates the real relationships and the real trust. And that's what happens. That, that's where the magic happens because they, they have that real act, real engagement. And I use the example all the time about a party. If I walk up to a party and go, hi, I'm Ryan. I'm a real estate agent. Give my card. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm a real estate agent. Give my card. Just keep walking around doing that. People are going to tell me to F off or get lost and they're not going to want to have a conversation. But if I sit and talk to people and have a conversation with them, they'll remember me and want to have conversations with me further down the road. So let's, let's go deeper on that. Yeah. Let's take that, that party offline or sorry, yeah. uh, online. So one thing I've done for years is I've, I've done random check-ins with people and I've almost only ever done it with people that I'm friends with or were past clients or, you know, people that I've connected with on social media over the years and kind of became acquaintances with. But what I started doing is I started going back to my very first followers on social media, right? Like who I first connected with both on Facebook and Instagram. And I started doing morning check-ins, right? So I'm up at 5.30 every morning, right? I'll back- God bless you. <laughs> you know, I don't sleep much as it is. Like uh, if I get three to four hours of solid sleep a night, I'm happy. Um, but I, I check in with them every day, right? I go through my list, I have my little notebook, and I have it broken out half the pages Instagram, half the pages Facebook, and I do seven people a day. And I call it my seven and seven, nice. right? And I'm hitting them every day of the week. And it's just, it's a simple check in. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? We haven't chatted in a while. I just want to make sure you're doing all right. Yep. Don't talk about real estate. Yep. I never talk about real estate. This week alone, I've gotten two buyer leads and a CMA appointment. Exactly. That's... You're still in real estate, right? Well, do not follow me. Are you... <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's, it's a subtle way of like, Hey, I might need your help with something. Yeah. And you know, now that that door has been opened, then you start the nurturing process, right? You put them into your sales funnel and you hit them with the touch points. Yeah, that's great. And a lot of agents miss that. And again, they just go to that push message where they're trying to get their real estate message to them. And then that's when people tune out. It's They want to know that you care outside of real estate. And they want to know that you engage with their life just more than just a transaction. And that, that yeah, makes sense. The way I look at most real estate agents is like a desperate wife or a desperate <laughs> wife, right? Who has never been married. There was a, a real house in New York. Bethany called Luann out for this a couple of years ago, where she said, Luann is like on dog ears with relationships. Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. Here's my wedding dress. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The same. Like, hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. Sign the contract. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? They forget the dating. They forget the wooing. They forget the nurturing process. And there's a then you can see the ones who are transactional versus relationship and how their businesses have. Yeah. yeah. And it's, the transactions are fine, but then that's where you start losing business. And that's, those are the agents, when you really take a deep dive into the business, they're not getting repeats and they're not getting referrals and they're not getting uh, uh, organic, healthy business. They have to keep getting in. You sh- I think you should have a balance of both where you should be getting new business and those refer- uh, maintain those old relationships. But if you're all one or all the other, it's, it's difficult, but you have to maintain the relationships and you do obviously a great job at that. Yeah, I mean, if you're a transactional style realtor, maybe it's time to partner with someone's more relationship. Yeah. Like I'm a relationship guy, I'm not a transactions guy. Like I don't push a lot for business. It comes naturally, I'm very blessed to do a lot of business that way. Yeah. Um, but it's like when you are farming a community, right? You need your strategic alliance. Maybe you need that local handyman who yeah. might drop your name here and there. So it's the same thing. If you're a transactional guy, maybe you need that relationship person to kind of just like soft touch yeah. versus a hard sell. And that was, I can speak from my own personal experience. My 
my ex and I were both in real estate together. So she was the soft side of things. And I was the marketing and the analytical numbers. And we worked really well together because of that. And we were able to connect and reach a a broader audience because we both had those skill sets. And for some agents, they have the, the warm fuzzies and some people are the cold calculated. And like you said, bringing in someone to to match that is definitely a good fit. So I want to dive into the other side of it in that if someone's looking to connect with businesses and and local people in the community, how can they go about doing that? And how can they open those relationships? Because I find a lot of agents are afraid to reach out and and they think, well, I don't have enough value. Why would, why would these businesses care about me? How can agents get started showcasing the, the, the local community? Yeah. I mean, the thing is you use your credit card. Right. Yeah. Use your credit card. Yep. And it's almost like you, you even you want like that, that American Express platinum card and you gotta like have enough dollars on your Amex to get it, right? It's kind of like that. So local businesses, you want to walk in and say, hey, you know what? I'm a real estate agent in the neighborhood. I want to put my my business cards on your front counter. Thanks. I if I was the bit, I'd be like, fuck out of here. <laughs> exactly. Right? Like, yeah. I need a steak dinner first before you want to bend me over. <laughs> and so the way I look at it is walk into the business introduce yourself, buy a bunch of product, right? Promote it on your social media, give it up to clients. Yep. Go, back, go back in a couple of weeks later. Hey, remember me? I was here. Slowly start building that relationship. You know, I just want to let you know, I have this monthly newsletter that goes out to the neighborhood, to the residents, whatever. I would love to feature you. Can I get, um, you know, a, a nice ad? Can this have ads? Or, you know, can I get your font or whatever the case is? If I can include it in my newsletter, my graphic team will, will design, I'll send it to you for approval, right? Start with that. Then, you know, a couple of months later, now you're going to feature other businesses, but then you go back to the first one. Hey, you know what? Great success with the newsletter. What I want to do now is a giveaway. Can you donate a product from your store yeah. to, to my social media giveaway, right? It'll increase your following. It'll increase my following so that we can help each other. And, you know, if, if you can't donate the full thing, I'd be happy to pay half, yeah. right? I'd be happy to pay the taxes. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And I, I think when people realize the value of that, they'll, they'll really understand how important it's because it's a win, win, win. It's a win for you because you make those relationships. It's a win for that business because they get featured. And then it's a win for the community and your, your followers because they get value. They get a giveaway. They get to be engaged and find out what's happening. They get to learn the, the latest businesses and things that are happening in the area. So it's a win for everybody. But a lot of agents I find are too shy or too cheap to do that. And it's like the money you'd spend on, they'll, they'll go spend it on a billboard or a park bench or a newspaper ad or some training and it's like, but they won't spend it in their own local community, supporting those local businesses that are supporting them. And that's what drives me crazy is you work in the community, you live in the community, support the community, but you're, you don't want to support the businesses that are going to give you business. Yeah. Right. And I look at it like mortgage brokers, right? No disrespect to mortgage brokers, but you log onto LinkedIn, you accept a new mortgage request. Hey, I'm so-and-so from ABC lending. I have the best rates in the city. They're like yeah. 1.1%. Make sure you use me. Yeah. My little response to every single one like that is I give them the link to the Christian Louboutin boutique and I say I'm a size 46 and a half. <laughs> yeah. You want my business, buy yeah. me shoes. Yeah. I'm telling you, they've never responded. <laughs> exactly. I've yeah. had an agent respond back. Yeah. And they said, after our first deal, I won't buy you a pair of shoes, but I will take you to, you pick the restaurant, I will take you. And I said, you know what? Fine. I've had someone else that I know use you. They love the experience. I gave them a shot. And this person has done wonders for me. They set me up on a great program with um, like the, the um, I'm going to say it wrong, but it's basically like the Italian juniors community, right? So the next like, the next generation of Italian business owners, yep. right? 
parents or the the children of the parents who are first generation immigrants, okay, and first generation Canadians, um, they're the ones, right? Finishing schooling, getting started in business. Yep. They put me up on this great platform to speak to be their ambassador. I've made great connections with these people, all because I I scratched his back a little, he scratched mine. It all worked out. Yeah, exactly. Right? Some of the business owners too, like I don't really farm a lot of neighborhoods right just because that's not my style and if if i were to probably farm the entire city i'd be broke <laughs> way too much in, in print advertising i know print does really work well in farming yep but i pick and choose the brands and businesses that i do want to support because they're the ones that have either been loyal to me or the ones that my clients work in or whatever the case is yeah yeah, I think that's a good point too, is to, to support your clients' businesses. And if you can do that, so if you already got existing clients and they own a business or they work at a place, the more you can support them, the more love you're going to get back. And I, the, I had uh, Britt Dixon on, she was a past client of mine. So she started a new business venture. She's actually was a guest on here. So she does social media and videos and stories. So she, she was a, a news reporter in the past and now shares her, her passion. And I've had her on and I'm showcasing her and I love it because I genuinely want to help her. And the more you can do that with your clients, the more they're going to know that you care and not just think transactionally. And they're going to want to support you as well because you can keep supporting their business. They're going to keep supporting yours. 100%. And we take for granted, I think too, that we make a lot of money when we sell a home and you buy a widget from them or a, a cup of coffee or a thingamajig, maybe 50 bucks, hundred bucks, 500 bucks, whatever. It's like they, they put trust in us and we make thousands of dollars. So it's like the least we can do is, is get back to them and do that. And one thing I always say too, is uh, people ask, well, what should I do to get started? I don't have a lot of money. And my answer is always is go out for coffees. And I said, you can do support two things. You're supporting the people that you're meeting with and you're supporting the local coffee shop. So find a local coffee shop, take someone out for a coffee a day. If you did it for, for a day, cost you a thousand to $2,000 a year. You could meet 250 people in one year build those relationships. And they say, you'll get more out of that than you will from a park bench or from a online ad. You'll get the, the relationships you build will be invaluable. Yeah. And I mean, once you start making more money, you can take that coffee to a restaurant. Yeah, exactly. You go to the floor with the maitre d', right? Yep. Or the chef or the owner. I used to be before they closed a member of the spoke club and I would do a lot of my meetings there. And um, they didn't have a running tab. It, just, it wasn't like the Soho Club or some of the other private members clubs. It was you just pay your bill when the bill comes. Yeah. So I made rapport with, I mean, the owners of Peter's owner before the, the Westons bought it out um, were good friends. And I just said to them, listen, I'm going to be hosting a lot of meetings here. And they're going to be, you know, between the hours of 11 and 5. I don't want to see a bill until the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> don't ever send me a bill when my client's sitting in front of me. Don't ever do it. And always when I get to a restaurant and I meet with a client, it's the first thing I say, because I always get there before a client, yep. walk in, let them know that I'm meeting. I'll wait outside for my clients. We walk in together, but I let the maitre d' and the waitress know, don't ever bring me a bill when my clients are me. I do not like it. Yeah, because right? then there's that awkward, who's paying for it? Oh, I got it. You got it. And then there's that awkward. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I'm European, so I don't let anyone else pay. It's just a good thing. <laughs> I don't like the whole, like, I pay, you pay. No, I always pay the bill, but I don't let the bill come to the table. It's me. It's, it's poor taste. Right. My client feels special when they don't see a bill because it's like, oh, he's got an in here. Yeah. Right. It's a nice feeling to them. And again, you build those relationships. It's going to take time in the beginning. Maybe you prepay for the meal. Right. Maybe you you hold, because um, I know some restaurants will hold your credit card mm-hmm. and you can pick it up afterwards, little things like that. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about starting those relationships off awkwardly. Right. Yeah. And it'll take time. And you build that rapport and then you become a regular there. Yeah. Right. And they know your table. 
right? And then that, that shows to the people that you're meeting with that you are connected, you care, you're involved in the community. They know that you have those relationships and that just furthers that relationship with everybody and it makes it makes more sense for everybody. So I want to go into the social media for a bit before we wrap up. So for you, obviously, that's a big part of, of getting your name out there and, and building your brand. And for for people who haven't seen you, you definitely have to check out and we'll, we'll get to you how, how they can find out about you at the end. But how do you come up with the content and how do you stay consistent with it? Because I find a lot of agents struggle with new stuff, fresh stuff, and then they just give up or they, they do a blitz or they watch some training and they tell them five tips on how to do social media and then they don't do it again. Like how, how do you stay consistent with it and how do you keep coming up with stuff? Yeah, so creating the content is always difficult because you, you can't recycle a lot of it. I mean, you can, but because you have so many eyes on you that it's like when a celebrity wears the same dress twice in a year, right? <laughs> But try not to recycle the same content within an eight-month period. Okay. Get six months. I try to do eight months. Try to stretch it a little bit longer. So every year in November, I take the last week of November for business planning. I do my business plan. I do my budgeting, which I never, I never stick to budget. It's the one thing I do not stick to is <laughs> budgeting. To me, it's like calorie counting. Like, oh, what is that? Right. <laughs> if the credit card declines, then I try the next one. I'm kidding. My card. <laughs> Um, you know, I just don't, I don't look at budgeting, right? I only use budgeting as an excuse when somebody wants marketing dollars. Yeah. Right. Which you should do. Because they only come to you once a year. Hey, James, my son's soccer team is, you know, looking for them to buy the new jerseys. We know you're successful. Can you do it for us? Where have you been for the last year? Have yeah. you sent a referral? Have you checked in with me? Have you bought me coffee? Have you said hi? No. Yeah. On my marketing budget. Yeah. So I don't do that. But I write, it's the time I write my content for the year. Mm. People think I'm crazy. Most people do like only 30 days. I do for the year. And I keep it in my, um, I type it into my Google calendar. So I'm prompted every morning at 8.30. I mean, I know my schedule 8.30 every day, but I'm prompted at every third, every morning at 8.30 yeah. in my actual day planner, right? So I have, I just use the, the simple passion planner. And at the top where it has like today's goal, that's where the post is. Yeah, yeah I'm not the full heading in, but it might just be like um, NS Yorkville, neighborhood spotlight Yorkville. Right. So this year I broke it down a little bit differently. It's something that I haven't done before. I never really showcased neighborhoods on my social. Okay. I kind of just did James. Like James would have been photographed in front of Yorkville. I would have tagged Yorkville, but I wouldn't have actually done a highlight on the actual neighborhood. Right. So I started doing that this year. I started breaking in actual neighborhoods, tagging in local businesses, and that's gotten really good responses. Yeah. Um, but another easy way to start, say, let's say you work in uh poor credit for example poor credit is the name you don't really have a lot to go out of besides poor credit so you can't really do a neighborhood spotlight right every wednesday right but you can do a local business spotlight every wednesday right maybe you have 52 businesses and every wednesday you spotlight one business right um maybe there's enough because i i've started doing like a feature friday as well where and I, I broke out i looked at what i what i do in a year right where i go for tans where i get my botox done who does my hair clearly everyone is lockdown because I impale my eyebrows <laughs> my hair is long. I got like this, this line in the middle here. Everyone's in lockdown, so I can't use them. But um, I broke down who I use, yeah. right? Because they've been good to me and I'm good to them. So I promote them on my social media. I do it throughout the year, but now I'm actually giving them an actual day to themselves. So the like last Friday was my cousin's salon. I featured him. He's a hairdresser in Etobicoke, but he does my scalp care. because my I, I'm, I'm a hair spinning, so I use him for scalp care. And, um, you know, the next, this, the last Friday in February is my actual hairdresser, right? The first Friday of January was a restaurant that I go to. And it's, I broke it down. Where did I go for Italian? Where did I go for Indian? Where did I go for Chinese, 
right? And I'm not using, you know, Papa John's pizza and the Mandarin. I'm using actual like yeah, yeah. businesses and franchises. Yeah. The franchise. Franchises, they have money in the States. They're fine, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm talking about the ones that are mom and pop, yeah. right? Like small establishments. Those are the ones that I, I'm promoting. Um, that's one way to start. So you, again, that's, that, those are your, like your two farming things, right? Your businesses and what you do. Then start throwing in how to prepare your home for sale, what to look for when you're buying a home, right? So take, spend an afternoon and, and almost make like, like a, a tea graph, right? Pros and cons, but forget pros and cons, do buy and sell. Yeah. And write 52 tips, or it's like 25 and 26, I can't count that high. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the years, in half, yeah. right? And do a tip every Tuesday for a buyer and a seller. The simplest things, right? From not using artificial fragrances, for a seller to make sure you check out um, Toronto Life if you're new to the city and you want to know about restaurants in your neighborhood before you make a decision to buy there. Mm, right? Yeah. So that's you can give your clients, but do it on your social. That's giving you more content now. Right? You don't have to be a seven day a week poster, but you should be a five day a week poster. Yeah. Give yourself the weekends off. Right? I know it's a lot. Give yourself the weekends off. Right? You can now spin that content around. You've now created a post for Instagram. You can use a, a different image with the same messaging for Facebook, different image, same messaging for LinkedIn, different message, different messaging, same image for Twitter because the content is smaller, the uh, the paragraph is smaller. Yeah. If you want to be adventurous, you can throw it on TikTok, and then once YouTube Shorts come out, YouTube Shorts, yeah. right? So there's a lot of ways to recycle this content without spending a lot of money and time doing it. Yeah, it's great. But the easiest way to do it is go back to put yourself in the shoes when you were a client. What did I wish my realtor taught me then? Exactly. And I think the big point too, is it's not just real estate in the transaction. It's about life and lifestyle around the transaction, not just the, how to buy the home or how to sell the home. It's, it's all the other information. And that really resonates with people because I, I've shared this before that I've read a stat that said only at one, sorry, at any given time, 1% of the population is thinking about real estate. So if you're just pushing just real estate stuff, tunes people out. So you have to pepper it in with the other stuff that people will care about. And you do a fantastic job of that, of showcasing life, your life, life, lifestyle, and all that stuff around it. And then you pepper in the, the real estate and then it, then it becomes almost absorbed or becomes part of, they just absorb that content. And then, then it almost anchors in that real estate message and they still want to get all the other, all the other good stuff too. Yeah. Which is awesome. You know, it, it, social media is really great too. And I want to wrap up the last point here. Social media is really great too because you don't need a lot of followers to do a lot of business, right? As long as your profile is public, someone's going to see your post, resonate with it, save it, comment yeah. on it, or message you later and say, hey, you know what? Saw your post. I'm not ready today. I'm ready in December of 2022. Call me then. There's your lead. Yeah. And I, I think you just brought up a great point too is that it's, you may not have a lot of followers. And we, you and I both spoke at the Buzz Conference a couple of weeks ago and I, you mentioned about someone had asked how long, how long did it take you to get this many followers? And you said, I've been doing this for eight years. So it's taken me eight years to get here. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen. Uh, you're not just going to start posting stuff and all of a sudden you get business right away. It, it takes that time and it takes that commitment. And you've obviously have a solid commitment to it, planning it and laying it out. And a lot of agents don't realize how much time and commitment it takes, but if you do it, it will work if you do it correctly, but you have to commit and you have to be committed to the long haul, which you obviously are, which is awesome. Yeah. So what would you give as one last piece of advice if someone's trying to build their own brand within their community and they want to get started, they're, they're kind of just either a new agent or just kind of refocusing, what would you give it your last piece of advice to people? No matter what it is you do, 
just be authentic, be genuine, and be real. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. And that's clean, simple, easy. That makes sense. So awesome. Uh, one of the things that we do, <laughs> we I do a, a best book section. So what's one book that you would recommend that's either made an impact in your life or you think would have an impact on our viewers? Okay, so I am like stuck in the 90s. I love the 90s. I'm a, I'm a typical millennial. I love, I love Busy Phillips. Um, I don't know if you remember Busy Phillips from White Chicks and like every other movie she's been in, but her book is called It'll Only Hurt a Little. And as I'm reading it now, there's like every other page has something where I'm like, fuck yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a line where she's like, you know, I like balance. You know, I do yoga, but then I eat margaritas and tacos. And it's like, yeah, you know, like it resonates with me because it's, it's not a sales book, but it reminds you to be real. Yep. You can do all these things. You can be a mom, you can be a wife, you can be a husband, you can be a brother. You can also enjoy tacos and margaritas. And, and you can, you know, do that on Tuesday and have yoga Wednesday morning. It's all about balance. And that's what it is for me. Awesome. So we'll put that in the notes so people can check that out as well. And if people want to connect with you and find out what you're up to, what's the best way for people to do that? Yep. Uh, TikTok is at James in the city and Instagram is at the James in the city. Perfect. So we'll put that in the notes as well and have people check that out. So thank you for being on. It's awesome to, to see what you do kind of behind the scenes look, because again, people see the, the front view of, of behind the screen, but it's nice to always go behind and go a little bit deeper and find out what you're up to. So thanks for sharing your, your insights and your wisdom. And it's, yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. And I love that this is the first time we've actually met, even though we haven't met in person. <laughs> yeah, we've chatted online, but that's that's it. So, all right, appreciate it. And uh, yeah, looking forward to, to, I should be scheduling my own content a lot more. So thank you for that. Of course. <laughs> awesome, thank you. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for checking out today's episode. If you'd like more videos like this, be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Facebook page and our other social media channels. Looking forward to bringing you more great content like this and happy farming. <laughs>